If we have any goals this season, absolutely. We're going to win a lot of games. We're going to get in the playoffs. Kevin Lapka and Jake Hassan tell you how they're going to get it done. Holy Moses! Hey, it's Bears Nation, baby. Welcome back. Another edition of Bears Nation Podcast. It is Wednesday, October 5th, and today is the preview episode for week five of the Bears noon matchup against the Minnesota Vikings. Myself, Jake Hassan, with Kevin Lapka as always, and once again, reminding you that we are presented here at Bears Nation Podcast to you by the fine, fine people at Bet Stamp. Listen, I work on a, a couple betting shows. Kevin's involved with betting content. And we use BetStamp. Anytime you're making a bet, you go to BetStamp. They give you the best line shopping experience, help you find the best prices. It's the best way to get an edge and learn about where you can find these best prices and where you can make the best bets to ensure that you win the most money because that's what we want. We want the best for you here. I want the best for you. Kevin wants the best for you. And the people at BetStamp want the best for you. That's why they give you this whole service and this whole plethora of options so you can line shop and find the best price on top of that bet stamp lets you track your bets verified bet tracking at bet stamp so your friends say no i'm gonna call bullshit no yeah i don't think you're with you say hey look at this dumb dumb right there bet stamp they help you prove your friends wrong and help you know that you got you can back up all that big talk because we know all you're doing is putting winners so go to bet stamp use our code bears and help us help you kevin lapka how we doing we're doing good. We are fresh off of Tuesday Night Bears Therapy last night. Kellen and I did that, and that felt good to kind of let it out. And now I, I'm ready, Jake. I'm ready. I'm rational. I'm objective. Mm. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm this. I, you know, I've long you said know that me. about you. You know me. Um. So if my only my mic could be tightened, that would be perfect. But yeah, man. Bears Vikings second division game of the year. Bears are two and two. Hey, there's not a lot of hope right now. We're hoping for a miracle. And what we said last week on the uh, post-game episode was they're either going to win this game outright or they're going to get boat raced. And I think I think you could be right, but we're going to break it down. And we'll find the ways <clears throat> that they could possibly win this game. Uh, but it's going to be a tall task for this team given their current situation. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, a couple of the Bears inactives today, Jalen Johnson, most notable. Dave uh. Montgomery was the other one, but we expect to not have him for a couple more weeks. Jalen Johnson continues to not practice. Uh, that's obviously not great, especially when you're going against Justin Jefferson. Um, and then you're therefore putting Kyler Gordon and Kendall Vildor up against Adam Thielen and Justin uh, Jefferson. Not great. It's it's not great. The only thing working in the Bears' favor this week is the Vikings are coming off that London game. They are coming off that long flight back. They're coming yes, off that very intense game with the Saints. That's working in the Bears' favor. But, I mean, overall, you are behind the eight ball early, especially. I mean, I mean, who knows? Johnson might practice tomorrow, and he might practice Friday, and you're all good. Who knows? I don't – but as of today, I'm going to prepare as if Jalen Johnson is not going to be playing in this game. I think that's fair to assume. It's always hard doing the show on Wednesday because it makes it more difficult to prepare. Now, what we do know is Bayless Jones Jr. was not on the injury report today. He is, you know, full partisan in practice and is expected oh, yeah. to play. 
and we will talk about Yippee. what that should what that should mean in the coming minutes. But here you talk you talked about Minnesota coming off of the London game, and this mm-hmm. is a really really interesting thing for me. All right, so we entered the 2022 season with 30 London games in the books since the NFL International Series began in 2007. So that's 60 teams who have played in London. 55 of those teams who had played in London had a bye week after returning home from overseas. Okay, that's 92% of teams since 2007, since the whole London thing began, 92% of the teams who were in London the following week had a bye. So this is a rarity that a team is coming from London or an international game and not getting the buy, right? So I did some digging and I figured it out. And teams coming back from London, the ones that don't have a buy, guess what their record is in that week coming off of London? It's nothing crazy, but I just want to see what you think. I mean, like a game or two under 500? Two and three. So. Okay. It's it's not zero and five. It's not you know. It's not a major trend. It's not one and four. It is two and three. But there is the the statistics show that teams coming off London games that it's, don't get a buy are it's more not, likely to lose. It's not an overwhelming lose. trend, but it's something that I mean, it makes sense. Like I don't know, like Kevin, I don't know if you've ever like traveled internationally or whatever, but like that those flights are hard. Like you're out of it for a little bit, and that like that's just me and you pedestrian life. Like imagine going into NFL you know, game day, game week, practicing, like trying to snap back into that. Like it's, yeah. I mean, that's the one thing working in the bears favor here. Like it's, it's not an overwhelming trend, but it is something that exists. And that's, I mean, so, and it helps in, you know, division game. You hope that the bears get up a little bit more. They're kind of like fired up. Obviously the game against the giants, an ugly game an ugly loss that you had every opportunity to win. You try to bounce back here and you, hopefully you, you hope, that Matt Eberflus is in that locker room saying, all right, here's our opportunity to bounce back and gain a game in the division and show them that we mean business. We're not pushovers here. We can, you know, proverbially kick them all they're down. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you can, and we know Kirk Cousins history against the bears. Uh, and we like, we famously on the show are not big Kirk Cousins guys. So no. I, I mean, the path is there. And I mean, I, I think that's something we're going to say every week. The path is there. It's just a matter of, can the bears take advantage of it? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, the, it is interesting how there have been a number of times and really since the eh, past four years, I'd say, or past three years since 2018, where, you know, the Vikings have been favored in, in, in what I would say probably at least, you know, 70% of those games. I mean, I, I would have to go back and actually break it down. But in a majority of these games, the Vikings have been favored and the Bears have held their own and either won outright or made it really, really close. Like you look at the two games last year, that ugly game on Monday Night Football, the final was 17-9 and nine in that God. one. And the Bears in that one, Every opportunity to win the game, but similar, very similar story to last the, week against the Giants. That was, that was the, the Nick Foles injured Mitch Trubisky comes in game, right? No, no, no. Last year with Fields, that was the no corner. Oh, duh. Game. The Thomas idiot. Graham Jr. breakout game. Um, yes, yes. So my my idea is well, that shows where my brain is. Bring back Thomas Graham Jr. and you're gonna win the game. He got right? picked up. No, no. He yeah, got... he got picked up by Cleveland. So it's yeah, not that's possible. what I thought. But. The Bears always trade for close. last last year, final game of the season, as they seem to always play in Minnesota in the final game of the season. And they don't this year, to my knowledge. I believe they do not. Uh, I would have to double check that. I should know this schedule back to front. 
Jake, if you could check that for me. But in that game last year, um, in, in the final game of the season, Andy Dalton did start that game, and the Bears got up to a 14-0 lead. They ended up uh, were up like 14 to three, a little bit uh, of ways through the third quarter. ESPN was giving them an 82% chance to win at the time. They held their own, and then things just collapsed in the end. So, like weird things happen when the Bears play the Vikings. Now it's a heck of a lot different. And it's a heck of a lot more difficult to go to Minnesota and win. Minnesota 5-3 and three at home last year, and they're already 2-0 and oh at home this year. So that scares me a little bit, is having to go to Minnesota. If this game was at home, I'd probably have a different outlook on it. But playing right. in that stadium is hard, man. And, you know, it's, it's a tough place to play regardless of whether your team is coming back from London or not. But weird things do happen in Bears-Vikings, and they have had their number over the years. Now, that was with Mike Zimmer. Now, new coach in Minnesota, things like when you talk about trends and your previous success versus teams, like you you sort of can throw that out the window when a new head coach comes in. And that goes for both teams as well. But it's been proven that the Minnesota Vikings are look like sort of a different team um, under Kevin O'Connell. And, you know, it's it's a little bit scary. It's a little bit scary having to go to. U.S. Bank Stadium against that offense without potentially a cornerback that is really looking forward or has been looking forward for a long time to going up against Justin Jefferson. Like Jalen Johnson wants that matchup. We all want to see that matchup. And unfortunately, I don't know if he's going to get it. He also missed the first Vikings game last year. So we really only have, you know, one instance of them matching up uh, last year. And he kind of got picked on. I, I don't remember if he got picked on, but Justin Jefferson in that game, I believe he had 107 yards, five receptions and a touchdown. So I can't remember if Jalen Johnson was shadowing him all game there, but you know, bring back Thomas Graham Jr. That's that's that. Yeah, <laughs> send, send a send, send a seventh round draft pick for Thomas Graham Jr. right now. No, can you send imagine? People people would burn like Bears Twitter would burn if you did that. It'd be just unbelievable. But no, I mean everything like the thing that's really scary. Like obviously Kirk Cousins, he had a great week one. Uh, when they absolutely just torched the Packers. Since then, he's been pretty pedestrian. Like, hasn't, you know, he, Justin Jefferson's been kind of quiet. Has Like, just Jefferson had a great game uh, in London against the Saints. But for the most part, like, the Vikings, we all heard about, oh, they're an up-and-coming team. Oh, they could challenge the Packers for the division. Uh, and, and so far, that's been true, and that's been mostly the Packers, you know, kind of being so-so and not really, you know, the world beaters that we've come to expect. They've played just kind of average. But – you know, the Vikings haven't lit the world on fire. And, and granted, the True. Bears have completely fallen on their faces in the last couple of weeks after, you know, an encouraging week one um, and kind of failed to capitalize. But, I mean, it's, it's like I said, like the path is there. And we're going to say this over and over this year probably now. The path is there. It's just a matter of can you take advantage of it? Like, you know that you know the playbook for beating Kirk Cousins. You've done it in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Make him uncomfortable. Get in the space, and this kind of goes to your point uh, that we started talking about on Monday. There's been no pass rush. Like Robert Quinn's been non-existent. Roquan Smith has done a disappearing act the last couple of weeks. Those guys need to step up because if you can make Kirk Cousins uncomfortable, like doesn't this just reek? Especially the way Eddie Jackson's playing. Like doesn't this reek of a Jaquan Brisker, Eddie Jackson big play? If you can get in Kirk Cousins' face and hurry him and make him uncomfortable, like it reeks of that. It does, and I, I think we might see it, right? How nice would that be to, to bring back another pick six for Eddie against uh, Kirk Cousins and the Vikings? It does reek of that, but here's what scares me, right? We talk about what the Vikings present to you. Now, the Vikings haven't been the greatest rushing team. You know, Dalvin Cook hasn't had, you know, the best year of his career. They've been an okay rushing team right now. Um, but the thing that scares me about their offense is where they what they do on play action, all right? They have the third most play action pass attempts in the NFL this season. 
So what I'm getting a little bit nervous about is the fact that the Bears have the worst rush defense in the NFL, allowing 183 yards per game. And if you allow the Vikings ground game to get going, you know, Dalvin Cook, a little bit more healthy this week than he was last week. And even if he's not, Alexander Madison's pretty good. Right. If they get going, that's going to open up play action for them, and then they're going to kill you. Right. And and when you yeah. think about the times where the Bears have really, you know, shut down the Vikings and, and surprised them and you go back to some of those games in 2018, 2019, where they had success against Kirk Cousins. Those were games where Dalvin Cook wasn't rushing for more than 50 yards. I mean, they were just absolutely Bottle. stifling them up front and forcing Kirk Cousins to, to, to throw. And we said it week after week after week those years. Um, when the Bears would play the Vikings is you you may you put this game into the hands of Kirk Cousins and you're going to win. I mean, that is the formula. And you, and you kind of hinted at that. But if you allow them to have success in the running game and then fool you on play action because they're going to run it a heck of a lot, they'd run the third most in the NFL, then that's where I get a little bit worried. And I don't really have a lot of hope that miraculously this week, the run defense is going to be better. It's not like they were missing a key player. It's not like, you know, Justin Jones is just going to, figure out that he's right. good at football or or Armin Watts is just going to take a big it would be nice it would be nice it would be nice but you know it, like there's other areas when you talk about okay Valus Jones Jr. coming back like that can make a difference or if they switch around the offensive line or you know if Jalen Johnson gets back healthy like you know there could be hope in those areas with the with the front four I mean what what, what solutions are there you know what I mean and that's what I get right. worried about yeah, I mean, we talk about the times that you've beaten the Vikings in the past by bottling Delvin Cook and kind of keeping his impact to a minimum and making Kurt. The difference is you had Akeem Hicks, prime Akeem Hicks. You had Eddie Goldman. You had Khalil Mack. Like, the, those are those three alone are a huge loss, and now you're trying to make up for them with, you know, Justin Jones and Al-Kadina Muhammad and Kairos Tonga. Like, fine players. Like, they're, they're guys. They're your average NFL linemen. But they're not they're not game changers. They're not, you know, they're not Akeem Hicks reaching out a single arm and dragging Dalvin Cook back down to the ground right. instead of him breaking a big run. It's not Khalil Mack throwing a lineman to the side like he's a traffic cone and getting after uh, Kirk Cousins. Right. Like right. that's just not what these guys are. And you better believe that these guys know that. And, and you know, Delvin Cook was always someone who when you'd play the Bears, oh, this time I'm gonna get him. And you know, they bottled me last season and it would never happen. He's got to be licking his chops right now, being like, all right, I've been saying it for years, and now all those guys are gone. Now is my time. Like, if you want to go with that game plan, Robert Quinn has to step up. Justin Jones has to step up. Travis Gibson has to step up. And the linebackers, like like I said in the beginning, Roquan Smith, where has he been the last couple – like? Well, the times we've seen him, he's been getting beat in space bad. He's like, great slipping. against Houston, but but he's been like that. last week he was slipping and falling everywhere. Right, right. And uh the week before that against Green Bay too, missed a couple. Like it's just been it, the consistency that you've come to expect from Roquan, Roquan Smith and that star level play week to week to week that you knew you could count on. It just hasn't been there. And so the Vikings are going to target that because they can't like they have the personnel that can do that. Like. The, not just running Delvin Cook, but Delvin Cook on a slip screen. Justin Jefferson in the slot. He can go in the slot and run a slant. We've seen it oh, time yes. and again. So it, it's just, it's not, it's making me very nervous. It's not setting up well. Unless the Bears suddenly do 180 without Jalen Johnson, like it, you're in a bad spot. And, and this is, you're going to have, probably have to get in a shootout. And hope for the best. Yeah, I, I mean, the Vikings offensive line isn't the best unit in the league. You know, that that's that's something that we can look forward to. Uh, but, you know, neither 
was the Giants, neither was the Texans, and there still wasn't a lot of pressure against those teams. So that's why it's a little bit concerning. Uh, you know, what I really think they need to do, honestly, is I think they need to blitz a little bit more. Like, I don't, you know, you, you saw what you can do against a really bad offensive line when you blitz because you saw what the Giants did to the Bears last week, and, and they sent the dogs a lot, and on key situations as well. Uh, and they had, the Bears had no answer for it. And, you know, Allen Williams in this defense, they don't blitz a lot just, you know, based off the coverages that they run and it's just not something they do and they don't want to give up the big play. And that's sort of the, you know, the basis of the defense, right. Is, is to keep everything underneath and don't give up the big plays. But at some point, like if you, if you aren't getting the pressure, you got to find a way to make the quarterback uncomfortable. You got to find a way to make him think a little bit. And, you know, I really like the idea of sending Jaquan Brisker on a couple of safety blitzes. I, I they've done that a couple times, and I think they've they've pretty much worked both times they've done it. I think yeah. did Quani have a? I think he might have had a sack last week on it. If I, if I remember, if I remember correctly, um, I, right? Yeah, and I think they had run like a play it, action. It was the big. It was the big sack with the with the shush. Yes, exactly. So you know, do a little bit more of that. Send Roquan Smith, right? Like like I just. I think they need to be blitzing a little bit more because when you are, when you're not, when you can't rely on your front four to get pressure, because that's what you're relying on this front four right now to get pressure in this defense. And, you know, you hope your coverage is good in the back end and, and, you know, that's the basis of it. But if you, if you give even a guy like Kirk Cousins all time, all day to throw, Justin Jefferson's going to get open. Adam Thielen's going right. to get open. KJ Osborne is a guy that can get behind the defense. We've seen it against the bears a number of times. So I think they have to find a way to get a little bit of pressure and send the dogs on third down specifically. Yeah. Uh, you, something has to change. The one thing that works for you is that, I mean, we saw Daniel Jones beat you and make you look like a fool time. And again, on bootlegs and rollouts uh, last Sunday, Kirk cousins. Isn't that Kirk cousins and run bootlegs. He's not running down the sideline. He's not rolling out. Kirk cousins is going to stand there like a statue and you know, he might move the pocket a little bit, but for the most part, he's a sitting duck back there. He's more Davis mills than you know Daniel Jones or Aaron Rodgers. Like he's not moving around that much. That's right. working in your favor this time. Now I'm sure Kevin O'Connor has been looking at the tape and I'm sure they've been studying and say, okay, well you can beat the Bears if you put your quarterback in motion and you move him around a little bit. Yeah, but Kirk Cousins also has his limitations. That's been the book on him for years. He has his limitations. He's not very mobile. He's a statue. So that's what's working for you. So if you're Matt Eberflus and you're Alan Williams, can you take advantage of that? Can you make the adjustment? Granted, you're going to have to face that mobile quarterback again at some point. It's not going to be for a couple weeks because Carson Wentz next week, similarly, not a mobile guy. So, <laughs> like, uh, you have an opportunity. And right. I would I would like to see aggressive play calling. Now, don't be over-aggressive because, like you mentioned, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne, they'll get behind you, and then you're screwed. Because if, how many times last week did we see Kyler Gordon get burned or semi-burned? Like, it, it, Kyler Gordon, I'm – I still think he could be a good player. I still think oh, he'd yeah. be a fine yes. player. But right now, he's had a couple bad plays as recently as last week. So going up against Thielen and Jefferson, those guys will cook him like chicken dinner. Like this, he'll be burnt. And so you you can't you can't be super aggressive like that. We'll love to see Eddie Jackson giving some help to Kyler Gordon because you know Jaquan Brisker can handle himself. Now, Kendall Vildor is another like that. That's the, the problem with Jalen Johnson. Nobody wants to throw at Jalen Johnson. So then you can give that extra safety help and leave Brisker high by right. himself to, you know, for extra, extra help. Can't really do that because, you know, Kyler Gordon, even if we think that's his ceiling is what Jalen Johnson is now. Kendall Vildor, we know his ceiling. He's a guy that's just going to, you hope he holds it together long enough for the quarterback to go to someone else or for your defense to make a play. Like that's mm -hmm. what it is. And again, Kevin O'Connor to all 
everything that we've seen so far looks like a pretty smart guy. I'm sure he's got, you know, both Kendall Vildor and Kyler Gordon circled on his whiteboard right now. I mean, Brian Dable had Kyler Gordon circled in the second half. I mean, and, yeah. and there was a dr- one drive in specific where Kyler got beat and then, you know, next play, they were said, we're going to go right back to it. And I yep. think that was the, the, the immediate play after Kyler Gordon committed a pa- defensive pass interference penalty. Yep. Right. So these teams recognize they know it. And if which Vikings, almost should have been a catch, like that should have been caught, honestly. Yeah. It, it's not oh, for yeah, the pass interference. The it's a catch that and a touch drop. That was Darius Slayton. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, these teams do their homework and they're going to, they're Kevin O'Connell from at least what we've seen so far is relatively smart, smart enough to, to find Coach that matchup. So, you know, and, and what, you know, how do the Bears adapt to that? They, You're right. They need to do certain things to get him some help. Maybe don't leave him on an island. Don't run a whole lot of man because, you know, I don't care if it's, again, at, at this point, I don't care who it is. Like Kyler Gordon isn't at a place right now in his development where he where he can be asked to cover someone in an important situation one-on-one. Like it, it's going to happen. Like they can't run zone on every single play this week. Like they're going to have to right, ask him yeah. to go one-on-one against somebody in man. Um, And you just hope that, Whatever they run, it's you know he just holds his own. But the the weird thing about Kyler Gordon is like he's so athletic. He's got all of the raw athleticism, and you see him make really good plays on the ball, right? Like you see him if he's there, if he doesn't get beat, like and he's within you know a couple feet of the defender, if not less, like he's gonna make the play. He's either gonna swat that ball away. He's gonna you know either try to intercept it, get it out of there. Like that's where he's at his best, right? Is when the ball is coming near him. And you saw that, I think, in week one against, or maybe it was the preseason when he made that diving bat uh, for a pass deflection, like an, on, a, on an underneath in route or something. Like, that's where Kyler Gordon's at his best. He just has to figure out, you know, not how to not get beat at the line of scrimmage because that's what's happening. And, and I think a lot of times part of it for him as well is, like, I think he's confused a little bit about the coverages and about what's going on, on the defensive side because a lot of the times when you see – Kyler Gordon get credited with, you know, someone getting reception on him. He's not even close to the guy. Like, it's like he doesn't understand what's going on defensively. Maybe there, there was a breakdown. He should have been, you know, up pressing this receiver instead. He's off coverage and they just hot route the guy into his slant. You know, like there's a, I think there's a lot of different things where I'm starting to understand. I think that a lot of his struggles and his issues are not because he's not a good cornerback, but more so he's him understanding NFL defense a little bit more, it's, understanding it's, the playbook. It's right? also four weeks into his rookie season. He's played four NFL games. Exactly. But he was again, hurt for most of training camp. We didn't see exactly. him until preseason week one. Right. Like we didn't see him all summer at all. Yeah. So if, anything, this, like, this, if anything, he's behind. Yeah. Like behind in his development. Like, yeah, I mean, that's right. not, no fault of his own. Like, he got hurt. He, he dealt with an injury in training camp. Like, he's he's four weeks into his rookie season. Like, there's going to be growing pains. Remember the growing pains that came with Kyle Fuller? Like, remember when right, Kyle Fuller right. had his rookie mistakes? I was like, oh, bust. You know, 14, 14th overall. This is the guy. Oh, what the hell? Blah, blah, blah. Same thing's going to happen with Kyler Gordon, people. Cornerback might be the position that – fluctuates the most and is hardest to be consistent at and it also it's up there for positions that take the longest for to become like a bona fide player in this league at, at that position well, it, like, and the thing is it's, it's also like on the other side like you have Jaquan Brisker who's like basically looks like he's going to be a star already right. like so and that's just the the flip side of it. sometimes there are guys that come in and they just blossom immediately like they're just Good right away. Like, how many teams do you think are kicking themselves right now that picked out of the Bears for not taking Jaquan Brisker? Like, I'm sure I'm sure there's at least one or two. 
So, I mean, that's just like the juxtaposition of the NFL. Like some guys, like we've said this all summer too, like development in the NFL and any sport, anywhere, development in life, it's not linear. Like it's not, it's, there's ups and downs. It's going to like Kyler Gordon, I'm sure is like, at some point there's going to be a play that Kyler Gordon makes Correct. where we're like, oh man, like that, that's even, the, even, even the hit he put on Tyrod Taylor, like hope he gets better soon or we get clear his concussion program. Even that hit he put on Tyrod Taylor was like, ooh. Like there's the guy like, and now like, it's going to happen eventually. It's just right now you're kind of going through those growing pains, like period. And the unfortunate thing for Kyler Gordon is he's going to get the George Pickens treatment for the rest of his career, which right. is, also true. you know, which is fortunate. He doesn't deserve that, but it's always going to be, you know, the success of George Pickens is, you know, well, we should have taken him. Should have taken right. Pickens and Kyler doesn't look good. Well, and when everyone wanted the wide receiver. Right. I mean, and think about the times that there's been, there's so many situations that, you know, the person point to with this, the one we do most often is Antoine Winfield and Cole Komet, you know, please yep. go, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it, it's kind of an unfair and hard thing to do. And it's, it, you know, sure. it, you just, cause some players just turn out to be really good too. You know I mean? It's sure. just, you didn't even know they'd be that good, but first of all, George Pickett hasn't even looked that great. So uh, that's but compared to what he's been working with. He's looked pretty damn good. I think is the overall Message. That's true, but you know, keep up on Kelly Gordon. I think he'll be just fine, and yeah, we just gotta gotta work with it. But you know, I like let's let's just address the offense now. We talked to, we talked to a lot of good for us. We just talked to a good amount. We of we just We're went through twenty five minutes of defense talk. We're so good. <laughs> that's that is a pretty that's got to be a record for this show. All power to us. Yeah, usually yeah, like we have people in the chat who are just like defense talk defense. Where's the defense? And. Uh, actually, you talked about real quick. You talked about the Vikings, uh, or the sorry, teams, other teams regretting not picking Jaquan Brisker. The Vikings mm-hmm. might be one of those that took. Um, granted, that that doesn't mean that they. It doesn't. Right, right, right. You know. But I'm just, I'm just saying. You know, like it, it's unfortunate that they lose that guy, and it, it helps the Bears out a little bit that they're going to be that the Vikings will be without him. But let's go to the offense and and how this pertains to the Chicago Bears offense, Jake. And I don't know. I don't really want to watch another game of Chicago Bears offense, but we got to do it. So, yeah, I mean, you do. Uh, I mean, the Vikings, I mean, their defense is better than last year. Obviously, adding Zadarius Smith is going to do that. Losing your starting safety, though, I mean, that just like we talked about, you know, with, you know, facing Kirk Cousins and knowing his limitations and having to take advantage of that, now there's going to be an opening somewhere on the D. De- and even Zadarius Smith was a limited uh, participant and practice today. And so is Andrew Booth, their corner, uh, two of their corners, Cameron Dancer, too. So, there's going to be opportunity, you would think. And as much as we like the ground and pound and run, like, got to start throwing the ball at some point. And the way your defense is playing, this has the makings of a shootout. Like, you're not facing Daniel Jones. You're not facing uh, Trey Lance and Amon Soon. You're not facing Davis Mills. Like, you're, Grant, your defense played really well against Aaron Rodgers. They kept you in that game. Your defense 100,000% kept you in that game. This is one of those, like, you can't count on that again. That was that was your defense's best performance thus far in the season, and the two weeks since that Packers game have been very lackluster. Have left a lot to be desired. So you have to imagine, like you have to go into this game assuming that you're going to have to score points. I know model concept. You have to score points to win the game. This has the makings of a shootout. Like if you want to be in this game, passing offense is going to have to do something. Now, Minnesota pass rush, especially if Zadarius Smith is healthy and plays the game, which I mean he probably will. He was limited today so on track to play their pass rush is going to be 
pretty good. And now with white hair out, your offensive line is getting used to each other again. You're tinkering with it. You're going to have to move Justin Fields around. Like we're going to need you. You can't do this shotgun anymore. If you, if you put Justin Fields in shotgun all day on Sunday, he's going to get killed. Like you, and you just lose and you just lose. You need under center. You need play action. You need bootlegs. You need, it's the same thing that we've been screaming for and kicking our feet for, for over a year now, since last season, for multiple quarterbacks now, you know, since the last two, three seasons, you need to move him around because otherwise he's going to get killed and you just lose. Justin Fields took a couple hits last week where it looked like he got hurt a little bit and he was a little dinged up and looked like, you know, a couple grimaces, a little bit of a limp. You keep risking it. You, eventually it's going to happen. You know, you keep poking that bear. Eventually he's going to get hurt. He's not going to finish the game. And then you're stuck with Trevor Simeon. And then what? Then you, then you really just lose. Like it's, you gotta, you gotta change something. Like we said last week that we were going to learn a lot about Luke Getze and the offense, the game plan and the game against the giants. And we did, we learned that it seems like they're unwilling to move Justin Fields around and play to his strengths two weeks. In, if, they, if they do it two weeks in a row, I don't know what to tell you. The bears are 28th. Justin Fields is 28th in play action pass attempts. And first good? is Justin Herbert, second to Atukavailoa. They have 47 and 44, respectively. All right. Here we were thinking that this offensive coaching staff understands the strength of fields, getting him out. You know, this is this is exactly what anyone could tell you. What the what was the problem last year? Here's we're gonna fix it. We're gonna run a whole lot of play action, and they've only run it 12 times. And again, they haven't passed the ball a lot, but like an overwhelming number of your pass attempts just should be play action. Like at this, like right. they just have to be. Like I, they, they just have to be. Um, you know, the Bears are the second most pressured offensive line at the league. Thirty-five percent of their. I mean, snaps. you read the stats on Monday when Justin Fields is under pressure, he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, and there's a difference between like being under pressure and making something out of it, and. You know, because there's a lot of people who are going to say, well, you know, you look at Patrick Mahomes stats under pressure and he's just fine. Like, what's the difference? Well, like there is something to be said there, but you also have to remember, and I think this is something that no one really talks about anymore, is that whole idea of what happened to Justin last year or what has happened this year. And just knowing, just knowing in the back of your mind before the ball is even snapped that your offensive line probably doesn't have a chance. Like, like how are you just going to stay in there and, and willingly take a hit? You know, when you know, or having to prepare, like, or knowing, prepare okay, I know, I, I know this is the play, but big part of my brain knows I'm going to have to bail on it. Exactly. So here's, and then you're, you're leading to a really good point when everyone says, well, why is, why is Justin so eager to run? Like, what the fuck, man? Like, oh, you, you know, all the boomers, oh, you sit in the pocket, man. You sit in the pocket. What are we doing? Like, like, no, just, if you are in the, put your, put yourself into the shoes of Justin Fields, right? He's not an idiot. He's not, he's, he's not an idiot said Matt Nagy I'm not an idiot uh he's not dumb he understands what's going on before Justin Fields takes the snap think put put yourself in his shoes he knows his offensive line isn't good so his initial reaction first just for his own damn sake is I'm just going to take off and run and protect myself from getting lit up by this 340 pound defensive tackle that's about to come running in my face right before the ball is even snapped he knows that Instead of staying in the pocket for an extra half a second or a second, he's going to bail out sooner because of the ineptitude of his offensive line. And I think that is a very, very 
important thing to remember if you just put yourself in his shoes and why you think why you see him bailing so much and and willing to run is because he's right now he's not comfortable to sit in the pocket because those players like who eventually are good under pressure it's because they get good protection 80 percent of the time right. and they're comfortable in the pocket they're relaxed in the pocket because they have consistent you know protection and then a couple times when they do get pressure because they're comfortable they're just going to stay in the pocket release that ball right before they get hit make the completion but they were still they just stayed in the pocket because they're comfortable because they typically have good protection justin fields well, doesn't have the luxury of that to that point i mean think of it this way i mean you mentioned mahomes Kansas City got killed in the Super Bowl because the Bucks just kept bringing pressure, and the whole all year Kansas City, excuse me, Kansas City's offensive line was a problem, and the Bucks knew that, and they sent pressure, and that's how they beat Patrick Mahomes. They made him run all over the place. Yeah, the Super Bowl. Then were the Chiefs one of the best left tackles in the game? They upgraded their offensive line. They said, "All right, we're going to protect Patrick Mahomes and make sure he has a clean pocket." Then what happened? They went to the AFC Championship game, and they ran into a red-hot Cincinnati Bengals team. Like, all right, you don't go to the Super Bowl, but still, they knew what it was. And all this notwithstanding that Patrick Mahomes can retire today and go to the (laughs) Hall of Fame. Like, that, you know, that has to be taken under consideration, too. So that's the thing. And you're absolutely right. Now, is it still on the coaching staff to put Justin Fields in the best position he can to succeed? Yes, which is why you can't put him in shotgun that much because how many times in the last two weeks alone have we seen a defender blow right past? And we've been hard, we were hard on Sam Moose for on Monday, but everybody, I mean, you know, everybody's getting beat on the left side, on the right side, the tackles, the guards, the center. How many times in the last couple of weeks have we seen just a defender go untouched? It's more than one, it's more than one, and that's way too many because then that's immediate have to bail on the play. So, yeah, I mean, you got to change it up. You have to change something around, whether that's you know more under center, which is what I think it should be, more play action, bring in extra blockers, bring in Alex Leatherwood as a swing tackle at least. Put Keep Cole Komet in there for a couple extra seconds as a blocker. Like you got to do something, otherwise you're screwed. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And look, when you talk about Justin Fields not getting help and, and him not being aggressive and all this, I, I looked up some stats and I found some things that I thought were really interesting. And here they are. So the Chicago Bears, or Justin Fields rather, he has the fifth highest average depth of target in the league, okay, which I thought was actually really interesting. I guess it's not that surprising. Again, these numbers are sort of inflated because they haven't thrown the ball that much. So one deep ball has more weight for the Bears and Justin Fields than it does for another team. Uh, and it's probably a little bit inflated by that deep ball to you know, Darna Mooney, but this whole narrative that Justin Fields isn't throwing the ball down the field, he's, he's not taking chances, he's not taking shots. Well, I don't know if that's entirely true. I mean, fifth highest average at the target, like there's still something to be said there. And again, it, it's not completions, it's, it's all targets and pass attempts, all right? And, and which of there, there are not many, but still, that's significant. And then you, so you think, okay, you know, fifth highest average at the target. And then you look, they're dead last in yards after the catch, all right? Dead last, all right? 32nd in the NFL. Every single team above them, all right? And you think, so all of Justin Fields' yards are coming from him. Like, his air yards are the yards that are are being caught. Like, he is getting zero help from his receivers, not from a drop standpoint, not from a zero separation standpoint, from a yards after the catch standpoint. I mean, that's the best way you can help your quarterback. The best possible way you can help your quarterback is throw a slant and you take it an extra 80 yards. Because that shows up as 85, 80 yards 
on the stat sheet for Justin Fields and everyone's happy, right? But that's also how you get first downs. That's how you put yourself into, you know, into positive territory, get on the other side of the field. And part of it is the coaching staff's fault for not putting the receivers in those positions, in my opinion, because we haven't seen a lot of play designs that allow for your you know guys to get open with in space it seems like the only time they try to do that it seems like they try to do it only on screens they're like okay you know what we need a yards after catch opportunity let's just get the ball in darner mooney's hand let's try to run wide receiver screen the blocking's not there it gets blown up in two seconds right or let's do the same thing with cole Komet because cole Komet's relatively good after the catch now not because he's explosive but because no one he refuses to be brought down yeah, he's just i mean that man body. refuses to be brought down you know what i mean but if you are, if they want to do that, and they should be doing that, and that should be an emphasis of this offense because you watch the best teams in the NFL. That's how they do it. Think about Travis. Think about Travis Kelsey, right? What, what percentage of his yards were after the catch? Like a very uh, compared. Travis to, Kelsey though is, is way Travis faster Kelsey. and right. a much better route runner than Cole. Kamai. I'm just saying, and but I'm just saying, like the designs for him. You know what I mean? Right. Just he's wide open and then he just runs right yards after the catch. Like this is what they need to be doing. And the other area is not getting help is, and I mentioned this a little bit on the post game show. They don't, they don't have anybody where once they get in the red zone, they don't have a Jimmy Graham, you know, let's put it that way where let's just take our chance one-on-one -on -one big body receiver, have him out, you know, man, a smaller cornerback. And it was interesting today. I listened, I, I tuned into Justin Fields press conference for a couple of minutes and they asked him about how Nikhil Harry can help the offense. And Justin was like, well, it'd just be nice to have like that big body receiver that I could throw to one-on-one -on -one in the red zone. He said that like almost verbatim. All right. So he understands right now that there's no one on this offense that he can just say, Hey, on first down inside the 10, let's just take one play and let me just throw it up. Like, it doesn't take – we don't need protection. You, you you have to give me a second of protection. I throw it up in the air, and I just try to let my receiver make a play. They don't have a guy who can do that. You know what I mean? So For people who uh, don't know, Nikhil Harry, 6'4", 225. Like, that's a big frame. Right. Like, if you were to get any value of Nikhil Harry as a Chicago Bear this year, whether he returns – this week, probably not going to be this week. He was activated off the IR. His three-week window to return begins this week. He probably won't return this week. But if you're going to get any value out of him, it's going to be through that. Well, you know what and, I mean? and just for comparison's sake, Brandon Marshall was 6'5", 230. So it's essentially the same size as Brandon Marshall, which, mm -hmm. I mean, remember how much we loved him and how much we loved the Jay Cutler-Brandon Marshall connection? No, not saying Nikhil Harry's going to be that. For all, all signs point to Nikhil Harry being – just okay if that in the NFL. Um, do you think like is Nikhil Harry gonna play this game though? Like they I know they can no, they, activate him, but like they he, activated him, the window's open, right? But it's 21 days though, so and yeah. he just started practicing today. It was what a high ankle sprain, like yeah, Versus like a really bad ankle sprain, though, like bad. <laughs> he had surgery, purple, yeah, that's right, man. I mean. <sighs> Like again, when I when I we talked about last episode, you know, I, I came to the realization that the personnel is just not good enough, which is true. And it's like I never thought I'd be saying this. Like you need Nikhil Harry. You need Ugh, Nikhil Harry. God, whoever thought like needing Nikhil oh. Harry means you're not in a good place. But like you need Nikhil Harry. You know what I, I mean? This, like I this can't is a difference. Believe we're saying that. And, and it's I mean, am I wrong though? Like tell me if no. I'm wrong. No, like, I mean, how do we open the show? We open, you got to change something up. You got to do something different. You, like you have to change something that you're doing up. And Nikhil Harry's the only like 
At first, it was Neil Stone Jr., and look how that turned out. So now it's like, okay, who's the next guy? Nikhil Harry, I guess. Like, that's where you're at. That's right. Where you're and, at. and and again, we are in the business of solutions here. This is what we do. Yes. Um, we try to find solutions. And, and Valus Jones. So let's talk about this. We talked. We hinted at the beginning of the show. If Valus Jones Jr. is active this week, which he will be, we hope, because he is a full participant in practice. He didn't show up on the injury report. He needs to be playing. 80% of the offensive snaps, at least, yes. okay? You are active to play. You can fumble kicks. You can return kicks. You can play, and he needs to play. When you talk about the stat I brought up, I mean, the Bears are dead last in a lot of offensive stats, particularly on the pass, or really only passing. Their rushing offense is good. Their passing stats, 32nd yards after the catch, the one player who can change that is Vales Jones Jr. That is why he was drafted. That's the sole reason he's drafted. He's just a guy, you get the ball in his hands, you let him do magic. He's not a great contested catch receiver. He's not a great route runner. These are things we broke down the moment he was drafted, and everybody knew that. But we still had value for him as a third-round pick because he's exceptional with the ball in his hands. He's one of the fastest players on this offense, one of the fastest players in the league. He can do magical things, and your offense gets a major boost from him. Like, there's going to be people who say, Oh, it's just a third round rookie draft pick. Like you can't make that much of a difference in this bears offense. I'll take anyone. First of all, yeah. like I'll just take anyone, but particularly with the weaknesses of this offense, his impact on this team versus another team is so much greater. And, and it's gonna like, I tweeted it. I said last week, like this offense looked very, very different with Nikhil Harry. And I guess I should delete that tweet because he didn't get a snap, but it applies to this. Well. Junior. Did I say any? Sorry. Yeah. Bayless Jones Jr. You know what I mean? So you said it on the show. I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Right. Because at this point, and this is why I'm frustrated about the offensive line. Like you're two and two. The outlook is now a little bit dimmer than what we thought it was a couple weeks ago. Don't you say have, we. Don't say we. Okay. You have the flexibility we. and you have the capability now to, to test things out, try things out. And that's why I don't know what, why, why aren't, why aren't you trying offensive line co- different offensive line combinations with Lucas Patrick at center? Like, why are you not at least trying it? Just try it. If it doesn't work, just go right back to it. It's right. as simple as that. I but- mean, this this is the time to do it too. Like after this game, you have the Commanders and the Patriots who stink, but then you have the Cowboys and Dolphins right after that. Like, it's gonna be. It's not great. <sighs> Not great. I, I don't like at this point. I don't care the opponent. It doesn't matter. Like it's probably going to give you a better. Well, chance I, I'm just saying. Like, like th- this gives you a better chance, an easier chance to kind of start pushing those, like folding those things in and working those things into your offense, as opposed to when you go against a Miami or a Dallas and Micah Parsons, right, and then right, you're right. like, oh, and you're like, what's your game plan then? Just crap, 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 crap. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like right now is your opportunity to start working those things in. So you could start to see some consistency when you face. It's not great. Well, I, well, I, know what, well, I know what I'm a little scared about, honestly. So like we heard, we've heard all What's this from the, from the offensive or uh, just from the coaching staff in general, that they love Sam Mujtafer because he's, he's, you know, he's a hard worker and he fits their mentality and culture. And I'm a little bit worried if they're just rewarding players because of that. Now, there's a fine line between that being merited and that being a little bit too much. You know what I mean? Because obviously, if you're busting your ass, you're working hard in practice, you're showing development, right. you deserve to play, you deserve to get more reps. And, you know, and that's that's really important to encourage players to, to practice well. But if that's the God. only reason, because he's a glue guy and he works hard and, and then that's what's saying the Matt Nagy ship. 
and that's why I say I'm worried. The the best coaches don't. Mike Tomlin doesn't give a shit, right? Bill Belichick doesn't give a shit. John Harbor doesn't give a shit. If you if you are struggling, you're gone, dude. Like I don't uh, care yeah. how hard of a worker you are or how much you fit our culture. No, you're gone. You got it. You, you're you're seeing the bench, and we're giving another guy an opportunity. God, that would be so bearish too. But it, I mean, does it seem like it's a little possible? Yeah, because I I, I do like what Matty Refluce is doing, but like the danger of something like that that he's that's the danger of the culture he's trying to implement like that that's the danger of that culture and quite frankly like i don't know i just go back to that fumble play last week and i'm like why you know here's hits but no one's going after the ball and and those are and look i still think the philosophy of it is right because yeah sure players engaged and motivated and and you need it and you you come out fast and, and hot and you know, your team's ready to play and all the discipline, like all those well, things. It, true, it's like but... we said at the beginning of the year. I, I think I said this to you. Like, we'll see how that philosophy holds up. I think we said this after week one. I think we'll see how that philosophy holds up after a couple of losses, after, you know, after it's not all good vibes. And, you know, last couple of games have been ugly. Like, is it going to continue to deteriorate? And you're just trotting guys out there to trot them out there because you think they're glue or that you think they hold the team together? Like, or do you make a change? Or do you stand by that philosophy and say, all right, we're going to put in a guy who's given more effort? Like, this is where we find out how much this Matt Eberflus philosophy and all this coach speak and the culture shift. Now is when we find out if that is for real or if it's bullshit. And I think – you're right. You're absolutely right. I just, I think both can be like, both things can be done. Like you can have this mentality and this philosophy and you can also just take a player out of the game when he sucks. Like, like mm-hmm. that's what a good coach does. Like, I don't care if the guy, especially on a team like this, where you don't have a lot of blue chip. I mean, we did it before mm-hmm. the season. You have what eight blue chip guys total nine, maybe like it's on a team like this where it's a lot of guys trying to prove themselves. All right. You're not cutting it. See you later. We're giving it the opportunity to someone else. Which I think and, I honestly think if Doug Kramer was healthy, like he'd be getting this chance over Sam Wooster. I, I ooh yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good like, point. Like the other center that you drafted got hurt. Mm-hmm. Nothing you could do there. I mean, I, I said it. I think on Monday, like when you really think about it, the Bears, have been really unlucky with injuries this year. I mean, again, not not much has been. You know, they've lost a guy for the year, but again, guys. IR stints and then you lose Cody Whitehair and you know you got guys dealing with soft tissue things and they're missing a couple of weeks like it's just it's really really frustrating man just just to know that those Doesn't are this, things that are hurting your team at what but, point do the Bears change like the medical training staff this has been for years well, they've done it they've done it I mean they, like, they so where so is much, the problem like is it Soldier Field is it the practice facility nah, like field. At, at what point do like does something change like if this has been year after like this goes this goes back to Elshon Jeffrey with the hamstring mm-hmm. injuries. Like this goes back to Antro Roll. Remember, he was always saying, like, yeah, you get hurt because you know everything sucks here. Like this goes back the years and years and years. Really like just kept happening. And it continues to happen. It's so bizarre. Like, where is the problem? I don't understand. Cursed? I don't know. I mean, it sure as hell seems like it. I'm trying to look right now at who the co- I don't you know, it's it's I, I want to believe that when they change regimes that the coach probably or they change training staffs as well. But that might not be true. Honestly, no they, they might yeah. just keep it as sort of more an organizational thing. It's not like Maddie Bruce cares probably who the trainer is and who the training right. staff is. But, you know, I, again, it, it's football teams deal with injuries. It just seems like the Bears year right. after year 
are victims. Every to team it probably more. feels like this. Yeah, every fan uh, yeah, yeah that's true. That that's fair. But you know, I I don't know. I, and you know, you look at the the rushing offense for this week. Matt or not Matt? Dave Montgomery did not participate in practice today. I wouldn't imagine he's going to play. There's not really a reason to rush him back. I mean, I I I agree. I, I, I still. I think I might have said this last week, and I regret it if I did. I, he's still a better running back than Khalil Herbert, in my opinion. Just as a peer overall, all around back, he's a better running back. Yeah, sure, he's, you know he's got he's more elusive. He's a better receiving back. And actually, here's what might be most important, Jake. Guess where Khalil Herbert ranks in pass pro as a running back, and guess where uh, Dave Montgomery ranks. I'm going to guess that Herbert grades out better than Montgomery. Ooh, wrong. Very okay. wrong. I'm going to try to find it here. I don't know where to put the tweet. All I know is Dave Montgomery was fifth, and Khalil Herbert was up in the high 30s, low 40s or yeah. something. All right. And it's like, well, you know. And it doesn't help. It's imp- it doesn't help. Like, it, yeah. it's not that significant, but it doesn't help, right? Especially when. It's a significant drop off. Sending blitzes. Yeah. And, and, and if teams are recognizing that. Then they're going to continue to send guys and say, "Hey, Khalil Herbert, you're going to have to match up against our, right. you know, male linebacker coming at you, right?" Like that's what right. good teams are going to do. So I think overall, knowing that, knowing Dave Montgomery's skills in general, he's the better back for this team right now. Yeah. But Khalil Herbert obviously is still an extremely effective running back. That, that yeah, you know, 100%, almost, 100%, it's yeah. not like without Dave Montgomery, you like I don't I don't think your chances to win this game go down if Dave Montgomery is inactive. You know what I mean? I yeah, I guess because we're operating under the assumption that he's not playing already, so it can't really go down. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah, you're in a bad spot. <laughs> you're in a really bad spot. All right, Kevin, let's get to our game predictions and some of the bets that we like before we get into it into our final segment. Just once again, Bears Nation podcast promoted and brought to you by the fine people, our friends at BetStamp. Once again, go to BetStamp, use our code BEARS. You're going to get the best lines. You're going to be able to shop around, get the best price, make yourself some money. You're going to get to verify your bets, brag to your friends. You're going to have it all right in front of you. And it's going to give you an edge overall. BetStamp wants to help you win money. BetStamp wants to help you by helping us help you to win money and to get more money and beat the sports books. So go to BetStamp, use our code BEARS, and start winning money. Kevin, let's get into it, our game predictions and some bets that we like yeah. in this game. Yeah, so I'll do uh, bets first. Now, BetStamp on the app right now, this is Wednesday, and player props aren't listed yet. So Correct. there is a player prop I like. It's Justin Fields, 37 and a half rushing yards. I like the over on that just simply because there's so much pressure that he's forced to rush, you know, you know, even when it's not designed. And, and 37 and a half is a pretty small number. He's been um, running for, for him. He's been running, he's been for, running for his life for three weeks. And you never know, like he could get that on one play easily yeah. in the first drive of the game. 100%. So I would definitely take that. And again, remember to check the BetStamp app. They will tell you the different lines from each sports book so you can get the best value. But something that is on the app that I actually kind of like is Chicago Bears first half uh, straight up money line in the first half. So oh. that is actually at plus oh. 205 at Caesars and FanDuel. It's only plus 185 on bet uh, on the Barstool Sportsbook and the bet MGM. So if you're going to go after that, go plus 205 for the Bears. But again, like I said last year in that final game of the year, 
in Minnesota with Andy Dalton as the quarterback, the Bears were up 14 to three at halftime. And the Bears are sure. the, the t- top three second quarter scoring team in the NFL this year. They have 42 points scored in the second quarter this year, which is an incredible number. I don't believe that they have a, a more double digit points scored in any other quarter, but they are really good in the second quarter. And this defense is still, I think, relatively built to, you know, well, I, I guess I was about to say that, but they're also having a lot of uh, touch on yeah. the second half, right? So, so there's that to be true. But you know, you think about Kirk Cousins making a couple mistakes in the first uh, half, and the Bears getting a little bit lucky. Like I, I totally think this is a situation where the Bears could take a halftime lead, and then we get crushed by the better team in the third or fourth quarter, just like it happened in the final game uh, the season last year. So I would take a look at you know Bears first half money line plus two hundred five there on FanDuel. So check bet stamp for the odds uh, if they adjust before that. But that's what I got. What do you have? Yeah, uh, my thing here is going to be props. Uh, Whatever Delvin Cook's yards prop. (laughs) Delvin Cook, rushing and receiving both, because his receiving prop will probably be in the 20s, maybe, in Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, as long as the number starts with a nine, go over it. Like, he should get 100 pretty easy here. Like, I like Justin Jefferson's over-receiving yards. I like Delvin Cook over-receiving yards. And I probably like Delvin Cook's... Rushing to play the line or the total because I mean the total forty four like I mean the Vikings might get thirty five but who knows if the Bears can get nine at this point it's not great so I'll be looking all at player props so go to BetStamp use our code Bears Line Shop get educated win some money help us help you all right Kevin those are the bets let's go to our game predictions and our final score prediction what do you got. Yeah, I, I just I'm not in position to pick the Bears this week. You just you just can't do it in Minnesota. Uh, on you know, I was thinking about and... this today. I was in there. I was thinking about today's show, and I was like, I, I was like, I don't think he will, but I was like, I wonder <laughs> well, if maybe. he will. I well, was thinking because, about it. I think you're thinking that because we we made that proclamation at the end of the Monday show that either they're gonna win outright or they're gonna get boat raced, mm-hmm. and you know maybe they could win outright, and I'm gonna find the ways that they could do it. Now I, I do think this is gonna be a close game. Like I, I do think. I, 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 that's why I made that bet that I think at halftime, like Bears fans are going to, yeah. you know, we're going to get tickled again. Oh, you know, feel gonna, good. And then just get your yeah, heart ripped right. out. Yeah. Oh, like God. it's, it, yeah. And th- again, this is exactly what happened last year, but I'm going to go Minnesota 31, 26. I still think that the bears don't have a lot going in the red zone. So they're going to kick a heck of a lot of field goals Four of them. Again, I believe they're going to score two touchdowns though. Uh, it's going to be, I think this game could actually hit the over surprisingly. The over I yeah. think is probably as low as I, I would say it's got to be around 39 and a half right now. Let me check. Uh, it is at 44. That's actually higher yep. than I thought. So I would still hit the over on that. Um, I think it's going to go way over. I just look, I, I do think that there is truth to the fact that, uh, Vailish Jones Jr. being back is going to make a difference. And, and not only on offense, I do think on special teams, although he made that fumble last week, that was a really hard play to make. I'm not going to come out here and say Vailish Jones Jr. is a bad returner. He's still going to get you positive yards in the return game more than Tristan Ebner and or Dante Pettis. I think they're going to figure something out. They're going to score 26 points, but I just, the Vikings are the better team. They're a very hard team to beat at home. You're dealing with injuries without Jalen Johnson, without Dave Montgomery. I, I it's it's going to be a tall task to walk into U.S. Bank Stadium and win this game. But if they do, you know, they would be tied with the Vikings in division. So, but I'll go Vikings 31-26. Yeah. Uh, any bold predictions you want to throw at us before we get to uh, my predictions? Yeah. Um, I will go with 
I think Donna Mooney goes over 100 receiving yards for the first time this year. He had 126 in that final game last year. Uh, and we mentioned the injuries that exist for the cornerbacks. Andrew Booth Jr., they believe, is going to return. He was limited. Cameron Dancer also a little bit banged up. By the way, I think Cameron Dancer is like a top three name in football. Like I, like, good name. Cameron Dancer might be a top three name in football. Uh, but we already saw that connection be a little bit rekindled last week between Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney. Again, Darnell Mooney is not a bad football player. They just got to give him more opportunities. I think he's uh, eclipses the century mark this week. Yeah. All right. Um, my, I'll start with my bold prediction. I think we get a Vilas Jones redemption touchdown. Ooh, uh, a, on a redemption return? Story. Not Ooh. on a return necessarily, but I do think we see him get a redemption story, a touchdown. I think we see him get into the end zone one way or the other, whether it's a return or whether it's running the ball or catching a Justin Fields pass. Uh, I think Vilas Jones Jr. does get a touchdown. That being said, I think it's the only touchdown the Bears get. Uh, I think they're going to lose this game 31 to 10. Like, I just, I think they're going to get boat raced. Uh, it's just, I think you're going up against a much better team, a team that has legitimate playoff aspirations, if not Super Bowl aspirations, if they hit their stride at the right time. I know it's wild to say Kirk Cousins and Super Bowl in the same sentence, but. I just the Vikings are a much better team. They have a much better personnel. They have the better coach, and just all almost top to bottom, they're better than you. I think this is going to be ugly. I think it's going to. I mean, the Chicago fans and media are already up in arms. It, I don't think the Bears do anything to quell that going into this week. I think the Vikings win thirty-one to ten. Yeah, I, I hear you. I, I can't. I, I cannot entirely disagree with it. Real quick, tiff tips as the Vikings in their practice squad out and be able to whoop us. I yeah, mean, the New York Giants whooped us with their practice squad last week. To be the, fair, the Giants yeah. did it with no quarterback for a quarter. Yeah, like that's where we're at. You got beat by Saquon Barkley in the Wildcat. Like, and at this again, like we talk about things being so bears, and we have to remember that it's also so bears for them to just come out and make this game really close or win a game like this. Like, right. it's it, and it, you're it, exactly right. Are we, am I going to be surprised if they come out and they just win a slugfest 17 to 14? Not at all, not at all, not at all. Yeah, they're not going to win 34 to 31. Did they really right. sign Tonga? He get when did he get cut? Whatever. Oh, yeah, I saw that because everyone was like, well, the Armand Watts for Kyrus Tonga's trade is complete because, you know, we had picked up Armand Watts when they released him Ooh. and, you know, yay. As Bears the prophecy are, foretold. Actually, yeah. actually probably won that trade, but. Probably. Uh, whatever. He's a former seventh round pick. Thanks for the one year of production you gave us. I'm, I'm sure he's a lovely human. Uh, all right. Well, we'll find out on Sunday and we'll be back on Monday to talk about it. And uh, we're both predicting losses this week, though. So. Maybe it'll be uh, less yelling on Monday. Maybe. Who knows? Depends on how the game goes. But Would it be more more yes yelling if they won or lost? I mean, I feel like there's still be good <sighs> yelling in a good way if they won. <laughs> I, don't I, like they, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to guarantee good yelling if they win. I might be more pissed off. That's true. No moral victories for this team. But like, <laughs> only one way to find out is to A, watch the game, and then B, listen to us or watch us on Monday right back here, Bears Nation Podcast. Brought to you and presented by, powered by, BetStamp. Use our code BEARS at BetStamp when you sign up. Help us, help you. We all help each other. And then maybe some of that good mojo will go to the Bears and we can help them too. But, unlikely in that event, we'll be back on Monday to recap the Bears versus Vikings Week 5 matchup. Until then, everyone, keep the faith if you can. If you can't, watch and listen anyway. And until then, bear it out.